Hello and welcome to Leviathan News. Today is June 23rd. And guys, the big news of the day is that there is a Milady coin. <laughs> uh, so yesterday, the Milady Maker team dropped a brand new uh, Milady Maker token that has a redemption feature like Unisox on a bonding curve. And it gets you a Mega Milady Fumo that is 27 inches tall. And right now, it's trading at, uh, I believe, $45,000. to. Uh, Best of all, it's written wow. in Viper. It's written in Viper. Let's go, snakes. Wow. <laughs> oh, wait, you, wow. you can't see this. One, uh, let me share this tab because uh, I was going to share this one. Here we go. So if you want to trade in and get some awesome Milady Maker gear, 45 grand. Okay, so I honestly got, I didn't know that we were going to talk about this. Like, I, whatever. <laughs> I do think like what's interesting. So the idea here is that you get an NFT and then you can burn the NFT and they'll produce this thing for you. Yeah, they, okay. they make honestly, like, they make all the tokens. So let, let's say there's like 300 that you could buy. You need to redeem a thousand. So they make yeah. uh, whatever, 3 million tokens. And then like okay. cash in the tokens, it removes the supply. And then people- Honestly, are... not a fan of ladies. Don't understand that culture. Like really, really don't get it. But like, this is cool. Like I really, again, I call it the Lord's work. Anytime we do something in crypto that touches the real world. And like, yes, this is kitschy. Yes, this is like meme but like- we, I want things where something happens on chain and then something happens in the real world or vice versa. So, um, that's off, milady. Well, just to uh, just to show, I mean, the Unisox token is still trading at thirty four thousand. So, to cash in a pair of Unisox is uh, almost a the a mid sized car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it, a, like a house or like a year for a family in some countries. I mean, that's like real money. Exactly. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And I think that uh, I definitely agree with uh, Rex on this one. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think it matters if you really like the Milady culture or you don't. It's very nice to see stuff uh, <laughs> like the intersection between uh, our uh, isolated crypto life and our real life. And uh, when all kinds of uh, this, uh, this, these kinds of developments definitely just make it cooler, make it realer. And I think it, uh, it's another demonstration of the, the immense power of the Milady meme and community. Uh, they're honestly on all other level. Yeah, so good for them. <laughs> and it's a Viper contract, like, like Garrett was talking about. What's up Snakes, with that? squids, handshake memes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't sleep on snack. No, seriously, yeah. you're going to write some uh, NFT contracts. You got to do it in Viper, much more readable, so you know what's going on. Gas savings, what's not to like. Okay, so now that we've done the news, let's get on to the boring stuff. Uh, Lido has come out with uh, two stories here that we reported on yesterday. The first is that they announced a tiered rewards rev share program where they're trying to onboard like DAOs and other people who have ETH uh, into Lido. And essentially... They're going to be giving up a portion of their revenue. So there's a the way that the way that uh, it works right now is 90% go to the stakers, 5% go to the uh, node operators, and then 5% to the uh, Lido Treasury. So they're going to pay out a tiered system. So between 30 and 50%, depending on how much ETH is staked, uh, to DAOs that commit for a 12-month period. So of that five percent, they would give up like one to two percent of that, which is you know pretty significant, um, and would boost the actual rewards quite a bit. So, the first program that is looking to uh, have this is that Seraphim yesterday uh, posted to the Mantle forums, offering for them to allocate forty thousand ETH from the BitDAO treasury to Steth and that they would use this to bootstrap DEX liquidity and integrations across Mantle. Uh, and then they would also have that rev sharing program as well too, between BitDown and Lido for the first 12 months. Uh, look, Lido, respect, I guess, like it's on them to come up with new, like whatever and do it, like whatever for Lido. Mantle, like do not take this deal. Ethereum, like, 
this is an existential risk to everything that we're doing. Lido is. And like, again, like, I don't, I don't think it's a problem that they're trying to get more stake. Like I, this whole thing is built on like economic incentives and like, you know, whatever, but like, I, this is like a problem here. Like we have Vitalik calling for Lido to reduce their market share. Like th there's real problems here. And like, I, I don't, I think we as a community should be like condemning this and shaming any group that is like willing to take like a few extra bucks to like put everyone at greater risk. Uh, I mean, it's more than a few extra bucks. It could be pretty like a 5% return I mean, on. I know exactly what it is. It's, it's what, like an extra 3% on top of your state, like the fees on stake D. Oh. I feel like the Lido hate's a little bit unwarranted because I think it's important to remember if there was no Lido Steph coming along back at the time, like the Ethereum staking game would have been dominated by centralized exchanges, which would have been much more of an existential threat to Ethereum. Yeah, yeah but exactly. but like I don't know, like you don't you don't say like okay, there's David and Goliath, and David won, that's great, and it's twenty years later, and he's a dictator. You don't say, well, like if we let Goliath win, things would have been worse. You know, like people do that in real life. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And look at the state of real life. <laughs> so right now, the BitDAO treasury holds uh, 269,947. So it's not all of it. It's only a portion of it. It probably represents only 40,000. Yeah, that's probably just post out, you know, because they if they uh, do just a, a part of it a few months later and they see that everything is working and they get uh, a lot more revenue out of it, they will do the same. And I think that... Uh, I'm not saying that uh, I'm going to like share uh, the most extreme view of uh, like, I don't know, shaming Lido or uh, whatever, but I think that uh, what Rex is pointing out here is uh, quite essential. I think that, uh, you know, uh, it's about uh, short term versus long term. Uh, what, what is the right decision to do? And I do think that uh, in the long run, we can't uh, have Lido uh, have too much control over Ethereum, but it's not about uh, what Lido should do. Lido should uh, try and grow and do whatever they uh, feel is uh, right for them, probably. Uh, yet I think the other, uh, both the us in the community and the other actors like, uh, I don't know, Frax with uh, Frax Eat uh, or uh, whatever, they should like uh, really uh, decide on how to strategically address this and uh, change this uh, like uh, very, uh, all, only very much uh, almost a monopoly that Lido is starting to have. Yeah, but they're a monopoly for a reason. Like until a better product comes along that mm -hmm. people want to move their assets into and they feel safe with it, they're not. They're just going to stick with Lido. Like Lido's incumbent. And I mean, I'm like a huge advocate of limiting this at the like protocol level, at the Ethereum level. I don't think you have to do that. I have to. Yeah. I mean, what I said is I'm a huge proponent of that. I mean, what do you do? You just like, it, it has to be done inside of Lido. It can't be done at, at the consensus protocol level. I don't know. I mean, I think that's like wrong. <laughs> I mean, I think you can design anything you want. <laughs> like, and I think that um, it's like totally possible at the consensus level to say like, we are not like allowing this mechanism to capture more than like 33% of stake. Like that's, that's, I understand, and but you know, can gain that and then, but like, I, I think that we as a community, like, I think there's things that are more important than market forces. Like when you're designing this kind of thing and like, just like regulatory capture happens in the real world, like we have to protect against that. Well, I think other systems will come along. You have a whole host of other LSD products that are getting built and, yeah, but you know, everything's like not like nobody's eating into Lido's market share. No one. I, I, ETH is, uh, but still super minuscule, right? I believe FraxETH is eating into Coinbase ETH's market share. Yeah, Coinbase and and our ETH as well too. We have a lot to go. No, 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 no. But our I just fine. Look, I mean, like there, like if you're if you're an institution looking at FraxETH right now, you have to essentially like wait until the FraxETH V2 comes out because of the risks of the, yeah. the team team running the nodes. I mean, it's just it's a, it's a simple simple answer, right? Like you're not going to put it half half million ETH into Frax ETH until those changes are made, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not putting any ETH into Frax ETH. We're talking about Lido here, and I think I understand, that we, yeah. yeah. But, but, like, once... There there are going to be other competitors. Unfortunately, like, Rocket Pool is just, like, a worse design than Lido. There's, like, there's like worse trade-offs that you have to make. 
and it's just objectively worse. Which is no objectively worse. I mean, like you, you either have to like shittier. Act- the colors are worse. Like I don't like the people. Like what do you mean it's worse, man? No, what I mean like at, like from a from a uh, deployment perspective, right? Like if you're looking at deploying ETH into uh, Rocket Pool versus deploying into Lido, as an institution, you probably would be okay, more okay with Lido, and the returns are better. Exactly. That, that's exactly my point. Where I'm saying that if we continue to allow everyone to make only economic decisions ethereum itself will be captured by lido just like regulatory capture happens in the real world and i think that we as an ethereum community need to push back against that and like fine if you don't want to do it in the consensus level i hear you if you want to do it in other levels that's fine but like the solution can't just be like it's light like we'll just like fine i run my own node so you should everyone should run their own node well, I run a rocket pool node, which is apparently a shit. <laughs> well, I mean, being a node operator in rocket pool is great. I mean, but you're as an RETH holder, you're you're suffering, right? Because of the, the fees that the node operators take. As an RETH holder, which I also am, I am not suffering. I am subsidizing my slashing risk by like paying fees to a distributed validator set. Like Sam, you're just so negative on rocket pool. So, so negative. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so get some rocket pool people on. That would be great. Oh, um, Jasper, I bet uh, Jasper's like all over Twitter. I don't know if I uh, voice doxes though. Oh, he does. He, he face docs on my podcast. So I'm oh, sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there was some news actually coming out of Rockpool the other day where they uh, I actually saw Chris Black tweet about this, where the Rockpool uh, DAO is going to have a vote about uh, reducing the amount of fees that are paid to the ODAO. So uh, the uh, okay, so uh, sorry, rocket pool inflation. So all like, what is it, ten percent or fifteen percent of all rocket pool inflation goes to a uh, a set of multi sig signers called the ODAO, uh, who essentially can like have outsized powers when it comes to rocket pool. Uh, Why they have those outsized powers, though, Sam? Well, I mean, they're uh, they're able to mint as as much rocket or. Like, no, like any, that's anyways. Not what it's about. <laughs> anyways, the 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 I, there was the, what I wanted to bring up is that I saw Chris Black talk about this the other day, where you know he had been bringing this up for months and months and months about uh, that these Odell people uh, are getting paid essentially fifty thousand dollars a month in RPL, and uh, now the community's uh, talking about reducing it. Yeah, yeah, I know this guy's like trying to jump in here and take credit for like causing all this and he's whining that nobody was talking about this until me and now they're changing literally i started doing rocket pool a year and a half ago and we've been talking about this since then like (laughs) this is like so yeah this chris black guy like give me a break he's just trying to take credit like what so this would reduce the uh the fees that are being paid from the odell from uh roughly fifty thousand to five thousand uh ninety percent reduction in rpl inflation um no 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 it's it's a reduction in the infl- like the inflation instead of going to the ODAO, it's going to go to the PDAO, which means like it'll be available for liquidity mining or like other incentives. Like, come on, if we want to have an intelligent conversation about Rocket Pool, let's not have it in this like they're the worst protocol. They have <laughs> no, this now they have this ODAO that can mint unlimited RETH, and now like they take too much inflation, and now they're like, like man, come on. No, no, we should have him on, uh, honestly, for a discussion, because I think, uh, first of all, it's natural that, you know, Sam, is a, he, he's a Frex guy, so obviously uh, he will have his own uh, thoughts on uh, the competitors. I think it's kind of natural, and I definitely agree with your points, uh, Rex. So that's why I honestly think we can actually create quite an interesting discussion, and we should uh, work on it uh, backstage on how we get this uh, discussion uh, going. But I, I kind of want to... But, but, what? What? Uh, no, so I mean, it, I agree. I just think that like we need to be neutral on this platform and not just we like. Can, yeah, but we, I think we should be. I, I think we should mainly be transparent because you know, neutral and objective. We we can't really be neutral and objective. So at least we're honest and transparent. I think that's uh, pretty much uh, most of what we can do. I just want to get back to the topic and ask you like a uh, ask you a question that maybe you guys uh, have some uh, interesting thoughts about. What do you think the competitors of Lido should now do? In order to really change uh, the the equilibrium that's uh, that's being formed, like uh, how should Frax uh, it respond? How should the Rocket Pool respond? How should the, the centralized exchanges uh, that uh, do these uh, staking services respond? 
Do you have any thoughts on this? You have to build. You have to build institutional level products that have a uh, extremely high level of security that provides something that Lido doesn't, which is either like a different rate structure or uh, a different operational set, um, and it has to be. It, it has to be attractive in the sense that like it needs to be. It needs to be able to attract capital into it in large amounts. Could uh, yeah, BlackRock look, do it? I think- <laughs> yeah. No, I mean we're we're, Look, we're talking about like these the decentralized options. I don't think BlackRock's going to issue like a. Why? I have no problem. Like I think BlackRock should issue it. Like I, the issue is not centralized versus decentralized. Is that one entity has this all, that has enough to ruin Ethereum, and like we just need more participants. And like yeah. DeFi advisor, to answer your question, this is not on the other staking protocol. Every staking protocol should do exactly what they were doing before, which is exactly what every business should be doing, which is building the best product possible and shipping to the most people possible. The problem is at the Ethereum community layer, not at the like new product layer. And like we need to like take like the core principles of what we're building seriously and not just like pretend that like decentralization at the core infrastructure layer doesn't matter. And like, all we should think about is juicing an extra 5% yield out of stuff. I agree with your point about the community, but I do think that uh, the actors within uh, the market uh, itself, we shouldn't, shouldn't. when when, when one actor does something that uh, makes him like uh, more uh, better and more tempting for other people to use, then, uh, you know, you, you can just expect the community. Uh, I mean, you can on like the ideal level, but honestly, people will go where they get more money. Like, uh, you know, that's the natural. Uh, but the they will think of the long or the short term and not the long term. You know what I mean? Right, right. What I'm saying is that is a problem and is an existential risk to our industry. And I think that we as Ethereans at the protocol, at the EIP level, need to think further ahead than just yeah. like and again garrett this isn't five percent this is five percent on the stake like this is five percent of the four percent right so like this is the types of like revenue that we're talking about like giving up decentralization for sure and you know mantle may or may not pass it uh but it is probably a smart thing on lido's uh, behalf to go and do. I mean, they they need to allocate more, uh, or they need more ETH allocated to them. They want to keep their market share. And this rev share program is interesting because it kind of like locks up that ETH for a twelve month stretch. And then once that's done, I mean, it'll probably become sticky, and it'll probably absorb more ETH as well too. So, um, interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. So in other news, Prime Trust has halted all deposits for uh, USD and there's been a couple of casualties. So Prime Trust is a uh, state charter. It's a state charter. uh, Sorry, it's a state trust based out of Nevada. And uh, yesterday the regulators came in and essentially shut the thing down. They said that Prime Trust does not have enough capital within its system to meet, uh, uh, meet withdrawals. And that the regulators have said it cannot operate anymore. Uh, so there had been some discussions about BitGo to come in and, and buy uh, Prime Trust over the past week, but that fell apart. So the books on Prime, on Prime Trust must be pretty bad. <clears throat> and so the fallout from this is that uh, TUSD, which is one of the, uh, it's a stable coin that, that mints through Prime Trust. Uh, has had to pause uh, mint and withdrawals for the time being. And that is potentially going to significantly affect the markets because DOSD has a $3.1 billion market cap and uh, is used heavily in the Binance system and as well as uh, in some DeFi platforms uh, across different networks. Is, who uses this? It's quite heavily used in the Binance system. So after the issues with uh, BUSD, they started using TUSD as one of the main uh, pairs on Binance. So I've been somewhat ambiently following it just because TUSD is one of the four pools that were chosen as a Curve USD peg keeper pool. Uh, 
Um, so Mitch was pretty excited to actually see the uh, TUSD <clears throat> FUD, DPEG, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, because uh, Curve USD was designed to basically like detect if coins were going off peg and kind of switch the other pools. So uh, Sam, if you pull up the graphic, you can see the um, the stablecoin prices of the TUSD peg keeper here. It's that <clears throat> uh, red line that you know, had been pretty stable for some time. And kind of popped uh, popped off the past couple of days, but lately it's actually somewhat restoring peg. So, how low did it go? Uh, did you guys see? Well, how high did it go? I mean, look at that. It went as low as like point nine nine four. How many up. zeros there are there? <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, that's pretty significant to break off the peg. Point oh oh oh. It's point less than a penny. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm glad for stress tests, but this I calling this like a D peg. Like, I, I don't know. I think, like, the USDC DPEG is, like, kind of my bar for, like, when it actually counts as a deep, like, a, a, you know, like, these, like, fluctuations are tough. <laughs> <laughs> the USDC DPEG at this point was, like, a generational moment for those of us still here. Yeah. I yeah. Like, we I all we all remember where we were when USDC DPEGged. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, anything where you zoom out so that you can see 10%, if that line goes flat, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So the, in the uh, official documents that were issued by the Nevada state regulators, they said that Prime Trust reported in its March 31 uh, business call to the regulators that it had a negative $12 million stockholder equity position. Uh, and then on June 21st, 2023, Prime Trust was unable to honor customer withdrawals due to a shortfall of customer funds caused by a significant liability on prime trust balance sheets owed to its customers and the regulators assert that prime trust has materially and willfully breached its fiduciary duties to its customers by failing to safeguard assets under its custody and is unable to meet all customer disbursement requests i mean look like silicon valley bank didn't even like miss a withdrawal so like this is really bad <laughs> yeah and people that are trying to re redeem TUSD right now uh, send it are sending it to the contract where it gets burned, and then it's getting reminted several days later. So, uh, good luck. <laughs> I don't I, look. And I, I'm not like here. They're trying to redeem it to get actual uh, dollars. Like, uh, what's exactly the? Well, they're trying cost? to they're trying to send it back to TUSD and then take a USD withdrawal, and it's not so happening. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. So they're not offering, right? Yeah, I'm not here to like spread FUD or anything. I literally don't know what I'm talking about at all. But like, if you're following the right Twitter accounts, like there's been some like pretty serious smoke around uh, true USD for a few months now. And like, I first started noticing it around the, um, the Binance USD like issue. And it seemed like Binance or BUSD fell apart. And then like massive, massive inflows to true USD. And like, I was, I was kind of making a point earlier by saying like, who uses this? Because like, to be clear, I don't think we've said this on stream, but this is a $3 billion stable coin. Like, yeah, it's the Binance ecosystem. Like in the US, we don't have a tremendous no, window into Binance sure. because- No, no, but that's what I'm saying, right? Like the BUSD had a problem. All, that's what we know. And it sounded like a pretty serious problem. And like what happened was like CZ essentially just like swapped TUSD and BUSD. And I think like it's not unreasonable right. to USD think. Might well, it might well have a problem, but I feel like it might. Uh, it might well have a problem, but I feel like it, like knock on wood, people are betting that it's going to go the same way that BUSD did, which is that, you know, no one's necessarily going to be like losing any money. But, um, but yeah. we don't know. Well, guess who, guess I, who Binance not... uses for their uh, US dollar custody inside the United States? I, I don't know. Probably wh whoever's doing Prime Trust. The, Prime Trust. The parole, yeah. the parole agent. Prime Trust. So here's a, uh, here's a, market chat market cap chart uh for TUSD and you can actually see I'm gonna go this is a one year chart uh but you can see when the Binance announcement was made uh within a couple of days a billion dollars of supply was added and then within the past two weeks another billion of TUSD had been added as uh to their market cap so yeah so again I mean, like what I see here what I see here is that Binance has access to the rest of the world, which is like open to crypto and they're like printing money to deal with it. Um, the U.S. is close to crypto. So like, of course, the you know, U.S. situation is going to be what it is. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. And I'm not even saying that there's necessarily like 
a situation here where people who are holding TUSD are holding something that's not backed by dollars. Like, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that you have this combination of like the bank not being able to hit um, user withdrawals, not related to crypto, just regular withdrawals. You have this like very strange, like hot swap between BUSD and true USD when there's like major regulatory FUD. You have like, again, Garrett, to your point, like this entire market that's like kind of closed off to us and we don't really even understand is like true USD, like the equivalent to the USDC of Binance, where like we all consider it like the hardest collateral there is, or is it the equivalent of like USDN? You guys remember that one? Well, I've heard it. Uh, <laughs> I've heard. I've heard it's Justin Sons. So wait, I thought uh, Justin Sons is like the Tron one. For another USD. USD. No, no, no. That's I think a different one, but yeah, okay. I have to travel somewhere outside the United States to be able to get a perspective because here, yeah. you know, I uh, I'm limited in what I can see. Yeah, and so that's that's all I have to say is like I'm not trying to spread fud, but like there has been smoke around true USD for like a couple months, and like without even saying like go look on Twitter, like just all you need to do is look at that chart that Garrett or Sam just pulled up to realize like there's something interesting I mean, going there. I don't really like pay any like heed to touching that stable coin because like I don't use Binance, so it's not a useful stable coin to me. Yeah, I think the Whereas, only question like, that's relevant to us is if a hole gets blown through true usd how much does that propagate to like the parts of crypto that we touch <laughs> so there's many other clients who use prime trust and if there's a huge hole in prime trust we don't know actually how big it is right now uh the you know uh, a lot of services could be affected so uh, swan bitcoin strike uh all use prime trust have have had to uh switch custody providers in the last month or so and uh this is interesting because if, try, if Prime Trust goes down, they can actually go back and look at, I believe it's either the previous six months or previous 90 days uh, to, to try and claw back those funds uh, in bankruptcy proceedings. Yeah. But I mean, so like that, that's usually the case where it's like the first, like, 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 let's say the four of us like are able to burn our true USD and get out real cash before anyone else realizes. Like normally they'd come claw us back and like just try to distribute it fairly but if we're in a situation where prime trust is already doesn't have money to make withdrawals like you know who knows how long if there's a hole how long it's been i don't know I, all's to say is that like this is just you true usd alone is three billion dollars and i've said it before i'll say it again our brains are completely broken by like the numbers in our industry like three billion dollars is it is literally inconceivable by the human brain how large that is. And so, like, you, you know, we just... Well, the Pentagon just found double that uh, yeah. in the counting error the other week. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> it depends what scale you're looking at. Yeah, I don't yeah, understand okay. I don't understand how these custodians keep on messing up. Like, it's... Is it it's really shady, that man. hard? Uh, is it really yeah, hard? Look is at really FTX. Hard? Yeah, no, not, it, not FTX. I'm the, like, custodians, right? Not an exchange, it, right? FTX is a spreadsheet. Come on. Like, no, but, uh, but that's that's the thing. It's like FTX this time last year was the most pristine, beautiful, perfect thing we had. And like, who's to say that Prime Trust isn't like that? Well, it's a different system, right? So it's a U.S. regulated state trust, and it's supposed to have. So is FTX strong... U.S. Uh, well, I mean, this may so. Uh, I'm looking at Ram Aluya. He says this may be the first time that a state chartered trust bank failed to protect customers. And these banks have significant supervision. There's like, you know, actual regulators on site in the banks. Uh, so if it, if it does go down, it's going to be uh, quite a big story. Maybe we'll throw more fuel onto the fire uh, for this whole anti-crypto movement that's been happening. I'm looking at their uh, Twitter profile right now. It's what I sent in the group. Uh, if you can confirm that uh, it really is the one, I'm not seeing that they have uh, they they did they did not respond in any kind of way. They didn't tweet and say anything. Uh, they didn't have anything to announce uh, in this kind of situation. Looks like they haven't tweeted since May fifth. <laughs> kind of weird, no? Uh, kind of weird to remain silent. Uh, well, yeah, this I mean, is going I get, like, I understand that I have like the most extreme like our industry is full of scammers view of anyone that listens to this but like i don't know man <laughs> yeah, i'm with you man like uh 
how can you not respond when stuff like that uh, is being said? Like, at least like something. I, I don't know. It, so it could be, like, it could be, you know, um, this could be in relation to the Abra uh, like fraud that was found out a while back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it could. <laughs> so, guess who was the custodian for Abra? Prime Trust. Prime Trust, and now Abra's in very big trouble and is going to be going through both bankruptcy and fraud proceedings. Uh, Listen, and... uh, this DeFi stuff. This is a. Uh, this is not exactly what we were. No, I'm just saying, like uh, this. Uh, <laughs> this whatever this is, is not right. No, no, maybe I'm not uh, like uh, expressing myself uh, correctly, but uh, whatever is uh, not transparent, which is uh, pretty much, if if I'm correct, everything everything that is off chain, I think uh, every like it's like every week or every few days we get another demonstration of the fact that That's honestly, we have no idea what's going on under the hood. We have actually no idea. We just have uh, okay. Ah, these guys are uh, have no money again. They get, they're going bankrupt. Ah, okay. June jail cast. June yeah. geocast. Maybe July. I, I, just, <laughs> I, I agree with you, DeFi advisor, but I also just think that like our the fact that everything is on chain is like definitely a trap for us. Like I definitely think that our community thinks that like because things are on chain, it's possible to understand what's happening. And like to many of the conversations we've been having, like we are all people behind this code. And like so much is happening. Every time you see one transaction on chain, I promise you there are 10 conversations and like 15 messages that happened that you don't know what happened before that transaction hit the chain and so like i don't know i, I don't i don't really see a difference between cfi and defi i think that at the end of the day like this is about like the culture and the things that we tolerate and the things that we're okay with and like um i see that everything that's happening right now i see as in just as much a part of our industry as I see Curve as part of our industry. Yeah. So apparently things have gone back to normal for TrueUSD since having a quote-unquote ripcord pull. Uh, that means that auditors had unacknowledged representations, assertions, or did not acknowledge the terms of the engagement uh, with Prime Trust. And uh, apparently they said that they have uh, other instruments that may be being liquidated uh, to redeem customer funds. But it's all kind of murky right now. Uh, I mean, these are the arguments for having like strong securities regulation around these sorts of things because all these fucking centralized brokers are shady. Yes, bring on the regulation. Thank you, Sam. Well, oh, no. Oh, no. I, look, I think that nobody doesn't want regulation, right? I think the issue is just like... I feel like every time just, I call for it, I get yelled at. <laughs> well, no, I, I look if 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 there was a clear path to get regulated, then sure, I'd agree with you. But like it's like, oh, hey, get regulated. But we're not going to actually like give you the licenses or let you go down that path. Or even when we do regulate you, you're not even going to be able to trade the assets that your customers want to trade. So, um, yeah, I yeah, this, this, I mean, this prime trust one is a little bit different just because they're a, they're supposedly like a bank, like a, a trust bank. And uh, I believe they are a qualified custodian as well, too. So unfortunate. I'm not More. sure regulation will be our uh, savior, uh, you know, because uh, <clears throat> I say that the regulation is going to be uh, what it should be. Uh, if no, we no, just no. assume regulation uh, will, will for sure be that then uh, great, I would definitely be for it. But to be honest, uh, the years go by mm -hmm. and I'm becoming more and more suspicious of the motives of those who regulate. That's the honest. The, the reason regulation is important is not because I believe that regulators are capable of creating good rules or capable of like stopping bad guys. Let me be explicitly clear. Like that's not what the fuck regulation's about. Yeah. Regulation is about creating a space so that good, honest actors who don't like want to worry about breaking the law can enter the space like jp yeah, morgan is never going to enter the space until like until, there's regulation no I, jp morgan won't uh, get into the space until they control the regulation until the regulation is exactly right. what they okay, want to do they, don't they, talk about jp morgan is your example of a, a good honest Ford. actor in the space. <laughs> let's talk about yeah, Ford. i get you i get Ford you. will never get in the space and look like i work for anheuser-busch 
the, the, during the time when like all this marijuana stuff was going crazy. And like, I'll tell you, man, like part of my job was to like do due diligence on marijuana companies and like figure out like the moment regulation passes, how I'm going to spend a billion dollars to capture this industry like that. But like you need those floodgates to break. And like that's where we're at right now is that it doesn't matter who wants to get involved. Like people aren't getting involved because it's there's so high risk. And again, the risk here, I'm not talking about scamming or any of that. I'm talking about going to jail. Jail. But in that case, how do you never, explain what, you, what, what we've been seeing these past weeks? Like you said, like two weeks ago, you said it like uh, this week on one of our episodes. Two weeks ago, it was like, oh, everything is a security. Go home. This thing is over. Goodbye. And uh, a week after that, we had like, okay, we're having an ETF, guys. Yeah. What's up? Uh, SAP is entering the game. So I was, was making kind fun of, of us. Okay, I was making fun no, of us for having like no ability to like soberly digest news. Like, look, at the same time, we're freaking out about Coinbase and Binance lawsuits. Literally every single important financial institution or like what I, like this last week has been like, if this is the bull market, we would all be saying crypto has made it its mainstream. We're back. And like, we're so fucking yeah. back. The institutions you know, are like, here, right? That That is the reaction of institutions by realizing that like, holy shit, like rules might be coming down the, the pipeline because of these lawsuits. Like when I say that it's like super hot, super cold, like that's because we're children, not because like that's a good <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, well, 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 well. Uh, in other news that is not jailcast, Curve Monitor has been launched. Garrett, what's, what is this? Yeah, you might, uh, if you're a keen observer, have noticed I already snuck a screenshot of it into the Leviathan newscast. Uh, hmm. So uh, Alunara, uh, who we should really get in the show, because uh, always a great interview, um, should really get to do the honors of introducing it. Um, but basically had previously been computing some stats for the Llama Air Force and decided to split off the entire curve section to its own separate site, updated it with some Curve USD stats. A uh, lot of great... Um, a lot of great graphs and charts and analytics, and it should be a little bit faster than some of the old stuff because some of the some of the some of the stuff that was being built on the back end uh, mm -hmm. by contributor Benny is also much faster and much more reliable. Wow, look at this! This is honestly a shocking chart. Like, this is not even eighty twenty. This is like 90, ninety-five. Yeah, 95. Arbitrum, <laughs> Arbitrum is the second biggest chain with two percent. Like no, just to give you Polygon. a sense of the is it uh, is it Polygon and DeFi Llama this morning it said Arbitrum, but wow. it's like neck and neck around two million dollars, <laughs> something uh, twenty oh. million. Oh yeah, you did sneak it in for the peg keeper prices, right? Yeah, yeah. See, uh, even if you didn't bring it up, I was going to get the uh, curve monitor into this into the cast today. Well, wow, look at this is interesting. I, there's some very nice charts in here. We should definitely have one on Alanera uh, to come talk about this because like seeing what is actually making money over the past few days is, is pretty awesome. Um, these are not loading up, but uh, <laughs> it's still a work in progress. It's a beautiful site though. I like the UX. It's very easy to use and, um, and it's pretty cool. So uh, I'm sure more functionality will come soon, even though it's not working like fully, fully at the moment. Well, you saw the under construction sign. I mean, uh, whatever. This is Curve. They literally just launched uh, Curve USD and didn't tell anyone and started doing shit. Like, I, <laughs> what can we expect but like testing in prod? <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is cool. This is actually a really nice site. Uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing it. Um, so, BadgerDAO is going to be shutting down its uh, balancer, CVX CRV, and CVX Badger VE CVX vaults, as well as its uh, Badger VE CVX and other, just a ton of vaults are getting shut down from Badger. Uh, they okay, so my, mm -hmm. Garrett, oh, my understanding is this means that uh, of the kind of like wrapped uh, convex wars, like it's now down to uh, Pyrex and Oh shoot! What's the other one? I'm blanking. Clever. Yeah, clever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I think so. On a uh, like most theoretical standpoint, I guess this makes sense, right? Because like, isn't BadgerDAO supposed to be the like BTC on Ethereum? And so like a lot of these things are not are you know not really directly related to BC, BTC. 
I think on the flip side, like, look, everything, it's not just the curve war stuff that's getting killed. It's the, um, the aura stuff. It's, it's essentially Badger saying that like whatever products we were building for, um, DeFi governance 2.0, we just don't think that that's a good business anymore. And I think, I mean, um, it, or it could just be like they're they're building out their EBTC right now, um, which it might well be that they just want to focus more on their kind of traditional focus of like Bitcoin on Ethereum. I think potato, potato, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> but DeFi Advisor would actually be a perfect person to ask about the implications for Clever uh, if, if DeFi Advisor is actually still there. We can see his square, but not his face. Yeah. Uh, bummer. Yeah, I don't. Let me let me turn him off and on. I guess he's having issues. Um, maybe he'll come back. Yeah. All right. We'll stall for two minutes to see if he can come back. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it all comes full circle because uh, Pyrex's uh, CBX wrapper is also uh, done through Llama Air Force, which is OX Alunara. So another reason to get Alunara on the show. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so composable lending protocol Dolomite uh, adds support for Jones DAO uh, as a isolated collateral asset for the JUSD. So, okay, God, I, I'm so sorry, Jones Dow people, if this is the wrong plot product, but my, what I think, I'm pretty sure what JUSD is, is you deposit USDC <laughs> and then, um, then Jones lends out your USDC to people that want leveraged um, GLP. And mm -hmm. so basically you're getting loan revenue, they're getting leveraged GLP returns. And it's like, so that's the construction. Um, and then it's just like super, it's always super cool when you have assets with yield and that's hard extrinsic yield um, as your collateral base, because it means that, uh, you know, you're just over time in a stable market, like your stuff is more healthy. Um, so yeah, it good, good for DeFi, good for composability, good for Badger. I mean, sorry, good for, um, for Dolomite, good for Jones. Um, yay for integrations. How's the uh, GLP fees been recently? <laughs> like totally anemic until the last two weeks. <laughs> and it's just been, uh, you know, I, I think welcome to the low liquidity regime we're in. I think the next year is going to be bouncing between 1600 and 1900. And um, the, the faster those bounces are, the better it looks for GLP. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, a couple of weeks ago, people were talking about how bad it was. And then look at these big bars recently. <laughs> yeah, this one especially. Amazing. When was this one? Uh, on the 13th. That's huge. 280% annualized GLP performance. Probably a big liquidation. Yeah, no, no. It was, it was, I think that, that was either the move from this 16 one. to 19 or from 19 to 16. Yeah. Yeah, wow, look at that. Uh, traders lost $8 million on the day, so somebody took a big loss there. Yeah. Um, going back one, uh, DeFi Advisor, do you have any thoughts on what this change to Badger means for Aladdin or for Clever? I think uh, that for Clever, obviously, and uh, I'm, an Aladdin, uh, I'm an Aladdin community booster, so I'm biased about it, and I have a financial interest in it, so uh, for sure, I think that... Uh, uh, like uh, I think Chago uh, wrote it on uh, Twitter. I think both Pyrex uh, and uh, Clever have, have a lot to gain of it. I think a lot of this CVX will get there. But honestly, my uh, thoughts is that uh, a lot of this CVX is going to be sold. Because I think that uh, there are uh, other plays within the Curve ecosystem that at least some will rather do at the moment. I, I think a lot of this uh, CVX that Badger has was locked a long while ago. And I think many people will want to actually uh, move out of it, uh, either to stay within the Curve ecosystem with uh, all kinds of other uh, yield-bearing assets, or uh, just uh, you know move it around and uh, play somewhere else. Yeah, it's probably right. I mean, it's remarkable to me how many protocols have clung fast to their convex stash. Like we've seen, there's so few protocols capitulate through the bear market. Uh, yeah, I expected a lot more would, but. Yeah, if if any you know, protocols are like like, it's a miracle any protocols even surviving this bear market. So that's my 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 overall take. I think it's uh, it really goes to show uh, of the fact that you know there there's such a huge uh, idealistic uh, factor uh, with the people who are now in crypto who's, who've been building like uh, ever since uh, last year and all the fall like. 
the noise is actually pretty much gone. If you if you uh, if you're still an active participant in the industry, uh, there's quite a good chance that uh, you're an honest builder and you really are trying to do something and you really have uh, like uh, uh, an idealistic uh, some kind of idealistic agenda uh, that you really want to push forward and it's not only about the money uh, for uh, I think uh, the vast majority of the builders at least the, the ones we are we're witnessing and uh, discussing and uh, definitely I think that uh, it's remarkable that uh, people are still working in the space and still doing it with uh, such a low liquidity environment, uh, like you guys said. But uh, you know, these are visionaries, you know what I mean? These are visionary people who really want to make a difference. And uh, this industry is honestly not going anywhere. And I think this, uh, past, uh, this past year has made at least my uh, perception of crypto to be so much, it's so much stronger, it's so much more resilient than I think so many uh, think. And feel, and I think these teams they were uh, honestly uh, working uh, like you know behind behind the scenes without. I know quite a few teams who are, who've been working for over a year. Listen, they're not getting paid. They haven't earned. Uh, they're self-funded, and they haven't uh, gotten one dime out of anywhere. And they've been working uh, for some of them for over a year. Get and, that bag. Uh, it, 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 what what's that? I said, get that bag. If you're a builder, get that bag. Take that bag. Take a big one. And, I'm getting, uh, you know, I'm getting, in, uh, and I think that uh, people, I, I do think that people will appreciate this kind of uh, building more and more because I think that they will become more and more aware, and they will uh, actually learn how to uh, positively respond to teams who who've proven that they they are here to do the work. They're not only here to cash grab in any other way. And Preach, it's so brother. Much easier these uh on the take that bag on the take, take that bag guys uh let's talk about dying uh what's a Oof. shitty way actually uh what's a what's a shitty way to die most of them most of them probably all <laughs> yeah. of them uh what about okay a shitty way to die is because you thought there's an axe murderer in this wall behind you and it turns out they're replacing the carpet there you go <laughs> uh let's talk about charles Hawk hoskinson's for a second uh, the the Probably founder. the first time we ever talk about him uh, on the show, right? Yeah, I think maybe. Uh, <laughs> so Charles, uh, who is currently in the uh, Caribbean looking for uh, aliens, extraterrestrials. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should be clear: extraterrestrials. Extraterrestrials. Uh, he's looking for meteorites, uh, but he's he's off in the Caribbean. Anyways, uh, what a character. The... I mean, a year ago, I would have made fun of him, but like, I feel like this, either this last year has been about crypto imploding or actually aliens are real and the government has them in our in a uh, warehouse. So <laughs> I don't know. Go, good luck, Seems Charles. Nothing. No, it, it, it's not the, the these stories apart. Uh, like, it's not separately funny. It's the fact that both these stories uh, combined. That's funny. <laughs> so, anyways, like a week ago, uh, during this whole Titanic fiasco. Uh, Charles came out and essentially said, like, they're all dead. There was an implosion uh, under the water. And, uh, you know, that... Dude, that, seriously, that's the best way to go. Yes. So if that's so, what you're getting at with your original question, like, instant, gone. <laughs> so anyways, he posts, the, he posts this thing today, right, where he's talking about, like, his prescient knowledge of what happens. Uh, so he's talking about like the irresponsibility of the leader, how they're just not that great. It's kind of like a low budget team. And he's like, yeah, they all died instantly. Around 13,000 feet, they detected an issue with the hull, dropped weights and started to surface. While surfacing, the hull imploded and it was instant death for all the passengers. Uh, so this was three days ago before they had actually been found. Uh, the search is a formality. Carbon fiber is the worst material to make submarines from. You get fatigue that's difficult to detect and repair from the stress, and then suddenly whole failure. Here's the last sound they heard. I don't, don't play that. Like this is this shit's so grim. And like, I was talking. Wait, anyways, I like that just to just to go from here. Uh, guess who was working? Uh, well, okay, so this is crypto, right? So uh, what else has happened? I'll give you. I'll give you like each a guess to think about how we tie in crypto to this whole Titanic mess. Rex, where did Rex go? He, he just, just rage quit and he walked out. Did he rage quit? 
Yeah, I couldn't stand the subject. I uh, wanted to... there. There's the axe murder. God, wait, he's gone. I see his computer. No, there. no, no. Rex, come he back. Just, uh, he just forgot to press the camera. He's probably. I, I think he has a lot of noises over there uh, and stuff from what he was saying. I guess. That's but the... uh, I'm curious, uh, Sam. What's the crypto connection? Uh, oh, he's on the phone. <laughs> he's on the phone. Okay, so uh, I'll give you one guess. Uh, it's pretty obvious, actually. One of, the people, one of the people crypto is going to die it's all going to zero no 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 like what, what what how do we connect this oh okay rex is gone uh so anyways the titanic people the guy that died like one of the guys who's died he was about to release a titanic themed nft collection Oof. yeah so this was going to be put what? out but yeah exactly so uh let me pull this up uh artifact labs which is a uh, historical NFT thing. Um, they were going to give away 10 allow list spots for their upcoming Titanic collection, which was uh, coming soon. So it's not been released and they posted about it the other day. Um, but uh, did, artifacts... they, mm -hmm. did they go there to like uh, get, get pictures or something like that? Did, did they go down the water? Because they wanted like something related to the NFT collection? No, there was just going to be like the company that owns the rights to the salvage area, this RMS Titanic Inc. Uh, this one like was going to release a NFT collection with Artifact Labs. Um, you know what? A lot of a lot of more people are going to know about this uh, NFT collection now after uh, what happened to this story. If it even comes out, I mean, it may or may not come out at this point. Um, now that you know. There's wreckage on the, the 13,000 feet below. But uh, on that grim note, let's let's wrap up. Um, <laughs> so you're saying they're a little afraid open, of the open, open for the You know, it's yeah. just out of respect for the dead. You, I don't know if you would release it. Like, you can wait a year or two, you know, till everything's forgotten. Anyways, that's going to wrap it up for June 23rd. A long one today, almost an hour. Uh, but we will nice. be back tomorrow. Uh, squids and squidettes. Uh, uh, no, uh, Monday, I think, no? Yeah, oh, yeah, Monday, not tomorrow. Um, I'll be well, enjoying the weekend. That's a special stuff for the next uh, week. Hopefully. Exactly. Sure. So enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you back next week. Goodbye.